Welcome back for another episode of Between Here and There. My name is Sean. This is Charlotte. And today I am wearing my, um, you know, the T-shirt of my alma mater. Crimson red. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wearing it for a purpose because we have two guests today in the room and, well, actually more in the room if we're counting, you know, uh, Summer and Sabina. And today we're going to be talking about applying to colleges during the pandemic. And everyone might think that actually maybe the applications have slowed down. No, it's actually been the opposite. Like uh, last year, 140,000 high school applicants applied to UCLA. Yeah, go Bruins! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, say, you know, everyone wants to get into a, a good school, you know, and it's always been it's like, oh, ticket to a better future, yada, yada, yada. But it's never been more competitive. And so now, you know, especially during the pandemic, how are you going to prepare yourself for applying to college, to your dream college, especially if one of your dream colleges is in the top 30 in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so our guests today, so they said they formed their organization in order to help Taiwanese high school students get into the top 30, the top 30 American universities. Now that's a big, tall order. Yeah. We got to have them on the show. Yes. Got to teach us, you know, how, how we're going to prepare. My kids are still young, but I think it's never too young to start preparing. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to welcome Rocket Admits, Eric and Kevin. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi, Sean. Hi, Charlotte. Hi. This is Eric. Hey, Sean. Hey, Charlotte. This is Kevin. Hi, Good Kevin. to be here. Hi. All right. So the two of you, which one wants to go first? Introduce yourself a little bit. It's always Kevin. Age before beauty. Yes. <laughs> because, yes. He, because he went to Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. So up, I'm up? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, thank you Tell for having me. My, my name is Kevin, right. and I'm one of the co-founders of Rocket Admit, along with Eric and uh, our other founder, Sabina, who is in the studio, but you can't hear her. Hi. But she's here for moral support, among other things. Hi, Sabina. Hi, Sabina. <laughs> And uh, so I've been doing admissions consulting for about 15 years. Uh, and as a matter of personal background, I, I was born in Taiwan and I grew up in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And I went to college at Princeton and then mm -hmm. graduate schools at Harvard and Stanford, studying uh, public policy at Harvard and business at Stanford. And I was also a political science major at Princeton. Oh my God, he's got so, the triple crown. I know, all top 30, oh no, top 10 universities. Wow. Sorry, don't insult us. I think it's top three. Ah! <laughs> I think you got all three. Ah! <laughs> I don't think anyone fits in there besides that Y school, yes. Besides the Y school? Oh man, I love it. I, 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 I want to give Kevin the shirt off my back. <laughs> Please, take off your shirt. Yeah. Take off your shirt, I want to see it. No, man, no, this is, we're, we're not live on YouTube, otherwise I would do it. All right, all right. Let, let me get on my iPhone. Yeah, we can do this simultaneously. <laughs> But uh, in any case, so after I finished my education, I worked as a consultant for McKinsey mm. and then also for the NBA, the National Basketball Association in New York, among a couple other things before diving into admissions consulting. First, wow. at the, the business school level for MBA applicants, but uh -huh. now increasingly at the undergrad level, helping high school students mm -hmm. and their parents as well. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Kevin. Sure. And Eric? Yep. Hi. Um, so I... Uh, I, I, I studied at Fuxing yeah. when, yeah, when, when Fuxing I was young. Yeah. And yeah. then um, went to the States for boarding school when I was 13. Uh -huh. um, and then after graduating from college, um, I stayed in the States and worked at GE for six years. Uh -huh. um, after GE, I um, went to Wharton 
or、mm-hmm. MBA before、mm-hmm. I head back to Taiwan、mm-hmm. to you know spend time with my family and everything.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I've been in finance for about ten years、okay. uh, before I started to do emissions consulting.、Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Again,、uh, what started, started? What what started you guys on emissions consulting? So、um, I got involved first、uh, through、um, mock interviews.、Mm. Right. So I. Because I'm an alumni, so I help、um, people prepare for MBA interviews,、mm-hmm. and、um, you know I'm slowly to,、uh, starting to like it.、Um, mm-hmm. I like it a lot, actually. I like to ask a lot of you know interesting questions.、Mm-hmm. Right. So、um, you know from there, I know I got more and more involved and in, you know into the essay process,、mm-hmm. into the whole application process.、Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Okay. So Eric, have you also been doing this for as long as Kevin, about fifteen years? So I've been doing this for about seven.、Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. okay. All right, but still a lot of experience. Yeah. yeah. And there's been a lot of changes also in the past few years. That's right. Right. We've seen、um, Kevin. You probably know better than anyone. In the past fifteen years, we've just seen the number of applications, especially for the top colleges, just go skyrocketing up. Yes. Yeah. So now, if we're gonna ask you, like, you know, what do you think is the one single most important thing for applying to these top tier colleges now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really an interesting issue because if you're talking about 15 years ago, keep in mind, I started as an admissions consultant working in, exclusively in the U.S. with American、yeah. students.、Uh-huh. So there was actually a point in time when. When I was working with American students, we weren't really worried about international applicants at all、uh-huh. because it was purely a domestic thing.、Mm. A domestic thing was just a few internationals thrown in. But、mm-hmm. nowadays, like you said, Sean, I mean it's it's skyrocketed. Yes,、mm. you know because of COVID specifically,、mm-hmm. because of a couple factors related to COVID that we'll talk about. But、mm-hmm. even before that, it had been just steadily. Increasing for a very long time,、mm-hmm. so it definitely puts a lot of confusion into the process for、mm-hmm. both domestic U.S. students as well as international students、yeah. applying at Taiwan or China or what have you.、Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about the most crucial factor of getting in, I、mm-hmm. think I would divide it up into how do you get, how do you get yourself onto the short list to begin with?、Mm-hmm. And before、mm-hmm. COVID, it was definitely test scores、mm-hmm. and grades and things that are kind of measurable on paper. You know、okay. how. Prestigious was your high school, like、mm. all those things that are very factual. Yes,、yeah. definitely get your foot in the door and get you onto the short list、mm. of competitive applicants. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. but then once you're there, how do you go from the short list to actually distinguish yourself within this pool? Right, and one of the things that is one of the biggest misconceptions in the marketplace is that there is this emphasis on diversity,、mm-hmm. that you have to be almost like a jack of all trades、yes. to get in. Yeah, but Contrary to that, what the admissions officers are looking for at the very, very top schools is actually a master of one and not a jack of all trades. Like、mm. if there's something you're doing that's truly a standout thing and not、yeah. something that a hundred other people are doing.、Right. For example, you went to、um, you know an archaeology dig in Egypt、yes. to discover some sort of dinosaur bone that no one had known about before. Yes. Or like、Now、one you of you didn't my... do this on some kind of a tour. Yeah, yeah,、right. you didn't do this on some sort of tour.、Right. You actually worked with the you know the Cairo you University professor、yeah. or something. And you wonder like why these high school students would all of a sudden have an interest in these? Like all of a sudden, like their like previous classes they've never taken any classes, but they all of a sudden they're really interested in archaeology dig, right? Yeah. So you you kind of feel that something like how are they making this resume really like how are they creating their own resume? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And there has to be I think you're bring bring up a really important point, Charlotte, which is that there has to be Credibility.、Yes. Like suddenly, if you have nothing about yeah, archaeology、uh-huh. 
on your profile, uh -huh. and suddenly you're claiming that you're, you know, Egypt's foremost young archaeologist. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, it just doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. But if there's consistency on your profile that you, right. this is something that's you've been ramping up to right. for a long time, then suddenly that profile is a lot more enticing and credible. So the follow-up question is that, you know, for young people, if we say high schoolers are pretty young, yeah. you know, for them, they're still discovering or they're yes. even taking like, you know, must take uh, requirements, right? So when they're doing all of that, how can they develop that mastery of that one thing? Maybe they haven't even started their search yet. Yeah. Well, I think the starting point is, um, you know, I listened to one of your earlier episodes about oh, Eastern versus Western parenting. Uh, parenting oh, yeah. Right? yeah. And, um, you know, you, you talked about, you know, the different parenting styles, the, the authoritarian, the, the permissive, permissive the right. right? So you, I think one of the key factor is we, we see a lot of uh, permissive parents mm. with students or, or kids with, um, you know, a lot of thought on what they want to do mm -hmm. in the future, mm -hmm. right? And they have that uh, freedom to mm -hmm. explore mm -hmm. right. all kinds of possibilities mm -hmm. in, uh, in, you know, junior high school and high school. And I think that process is, you know, kind of how they learn to figure out what they want to do and what they want to master in. Now, Eric, you seem to be making a case for permissive parenting here. Well, yeah. actually, you know, if you, if you look at our... Uh, consulting style, right? Uh -huh. I think we're more what you called uh, authoritative, uh -huh. <laughs> because obviously, if we're permissive, then right, you know, just do whatever. You <laughs> want. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think we get any cases, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we we come with an expertise, but we have to make sure that you know we're listening to the students to figure out you know kind of what they want to do, and then maybe guide them and yeah. or push them a little bit yeah. toward the the right direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think it's. Um, but you know when we're when we meet you know authoritarian parents, parents right it's it's actually a really f um interesting meeting right because usually these parents come with the students and then um you know the, the parents talk all the time right and the, right the stu students you know are you know next to them you know fun by right 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 um, <laughs> I like how Eric was just like it's a very fr uh, interesting <laughs> experience Got me I nervous. totally it's, it, it makes me think of this uh, uh this anecdote I think somewhere I think it was Berkeley or some college they were doing like an info session and the parents uh, you know bring their kids and it was all the parents that were asking questions one there was one lady in the front row was just asking questions every single question for her son right yeah. and so finally she was the lady says well what do you think my uh, my son's chances are of getting into berkeley and the uh, the school's president was just like well if it was you i think your chance would be pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i think uh, the funny thing is so i just went through the whole college process with my second that's kid. right yes so my child how um, was it for you it was really really stressful on the parents uh -huh. actually what style was, were you <laughs> um, I would like to think that I'm more, you know, because, you know, coming from the West Coast, right? Not like all you East Coast folks, right? We're like more like spiritual. Why are you going to make this like a coastal thing, <laughs> yeah. man? <laughs> it's like a rap, rap battle between the East Coast and the That's West Coast. Right, man. Yeah, but anyways, um, I, you know, I, my kids went to Montessori education, so I would like them to explore and find. But then I realized that once you go into this uh, college track, they can't have no, it's like you have no more time to explore. You got to make a decision. And mm. so my son, second, my second child, Kyle, sorry, Kyle, I had to expose you. Um, so f like a normal boy, all he likes ever in life is basketball. 
That's all he cares. He doesn't care about anything else, but he、mm. just wants to play basketball、mm. every day. But unfortunately, he did not get onto the varsity basketball team,、mm. and that was like so devastating to him. And then he doesn't know what else to do. So, so for half a year, he、yeah. just like I I had a plan that I was going to be on the varsity team. He right, played basketball、right. ever since like elementary school all、yeah. the way. So he so, must be really good, but then not to make、good. varsity is is. Well, I, I think I hear from your story, Charlotte,、uh, what a lot of parents probably feel. Right? It's just well, my son or my daughter has this interest, and they would like to become the master of one in that interest. However,、yeah. they can't、yeah. quite get there. So, what do we do? Well, you know what happened with Kyle is that that became his essay. Why I didn't get to varsity basketball? Oh, really? <laughs> and wow! What did I learn from this experience?、Yeah. It was like a very tear, and also like Kobe Bryant passed away. That's like、right. his like idol. So the whole thing is like this really soppy and sad story about how he learned from this whole experience, and it makes him want to be a businessman. Well, I'm gonna ask <laughs>、yeah. Kevin and Eric here. Would that be a good essay topic? Yeah, especially when you're talking about sports, because this is actually something I've encountered a lot with Taiwanese parents and students. Very less so with American parents and students、uh-huh. because of cultural reasons. Here in Taiwan, a lot of kids, if they do sports, regardless of how good or bad they truly are, they want to write about sports、mm. in a very generic sense, like the wins and losses. Like、okay. if you know, like I started off being really bad and I rags to riches. I practiced really hard, struggled, but that story's been overtold、yeah. so many <laughs> times.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, that's such a cliche story to tell, and、right. it's true with everyone. But the problem is, if it's true with everyone, there is no value to that story.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to talk about sports stories that's much more authentic and interesting. And just to give you an example, one of the students that we had from TES Taipei Europe. Type of、yeah. European school、mm-hmm. who was a a pretty good fencer,、mm-hmm. but not like world class, but good enough to fence, probably at a Division three level.、Mm-hmm. Okay, you know,、mm-hmm. one of his essay topics was about fencing, but it wasn't about fencing as in wins and losses. It was about fencing as his way of being introduced the idea of having female mentors in his life. Oh, because wow, unlike a, a lot、gang. of sports, a lot of fencing at、yeah. the high school level. The girls and the boys do it together,、mm-hmm. and a lot of times the boys kick the crap out of the boys.、Mm-hmm. You know, the girls kick the crap out of the boys, the boys because,、yeah. and that's what happened to my student. The first time he fenced as a novice,、mm-hmm. he he got he was matched up against a girl、mm-hmm. who was like almost national champion level,、mm-hmm. and schooled. He basically, you know, froze. Yeah, while he was fencing、wow. her,、mm-hmm. and the way he told it to his coach was, you know, I I've never fought. A girl before I don't know how to fight a girl,、oh. and the coach took him aside and completely scolded him, saying, "Look, this is not respecting girl by not fighting a girl. You're disrespecting her because you're refusing to just let her kick your ass fairly and squarely. <laughs> like you're using this gender thing as an excuse to not lose. So this、yes. is not respect. This is not respect.、Mm. So from that episode, he got a lot of inspirations out of it in terms of what if." Means、yeah. to actually be in a sporting arena like that, and also when he went to New York to train for fencing,、yeah. he had a lot of you know University of Pennsylvania Olympic level fencers who mentored him, who were females,、mm. and basically he got exposed to what it meant to actually compete against girls,、mm-hmm. as well as being mentored by women. So that became a much more powerful story. That's a really cool essay. You know, it, it almost it almost sounds like in order to write a good college essay. Your college essay needs to be like TED level. Yeah, you know, yeah. like ideas、yeah. worth sharing. You know, he's got to have that one big idea. It's like,、but、wow, you know, this has flipped my. But you know, seriously,、worldview. like, I mean, you've been in high school. 
were you like that when you're like, were you like this fabulous when you're in, you're in high school? Tell me the truth. Did you know exactly where you're going? I did not wear this t-shirt in high school. I, I, I would have gotten my ass kicked. I mean, really, like, we're really prepping our high school students to be, like, you know, at a college level. And I mean, I definitely have to say, yes, the, the, the pressure is much higher than it much was higher. back yeah. when I was in high school. Well, back when all of us were in high yeah, school. Yeah, right? absolutely. But yeah. now, you know, Kevin, you bring up a great point about, you know, how do you tell your story in a way that is special? You know, that, that's not like the norm. Right. So, Eric, would you say that essays now actually weigh more heavily in admissions? Yes. yes. So, yeah. uh, before the COVID process, it's already like that. But after the COVID process, because test is optional, in some parts of the United States, you know, grades are pass-fail, right? And then there are also parts of you know, the world where the extracurricular activities didn't happen for, mm -hmm. for these juniors or mm -hmm. seniors, right? So... <laughs> Um, the only thing that still remains that's, um, you know, credible is, are your essays. Wow. Right? So, so yeah, in so your it, consulting, it's, you know, is that a big part of what you guys do is to help people to, to come up with a story, basically, to tell their story in a, yeah. in actually, a unique actually way. Actually packaging them. Yeah. So what, um, what is that what you call it? Packaging? Is there... Marketing. Branding? <laughs> Branding. Yeah. Why don't we call it storytelling? Storytelling. Story story yeah, it is storytelling. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a is lot it? of that. I mean, just if you just going with the example I gave about the fencing, the fencer. Right. We were struggling to figure out what common application essay, which is the main essay for applications that mm -hmm. he was going yeah. to write about. Mm -hmm. Because we first eliminated sports, fencing as a possibility because... Precisely because we thought it was going to be too cliche. Uh -huh. So yeah. it took a lot of digging to figure out, and that's what we do with students as mentors, to try to you know, really get them to think about various aspects and facets of their lives to see which ones are worth digging into a little bit more mm -hmm. so they could come up with reflections and introspections mm -hmm. that are worthy materials for an essay, like a TED Talk type essay. What happens, how do you engage with the students? Yeah. So say a student comes to you for consulting, right? Yep. Yeah. So let's work backwards, right? Mm -hmm. So in order for you to uh, get into a good, good college. Top 30. Top 30. You have to have a good package, like a good application package, mm -hmm. right? But, um, well, let's put it this way. I like to cook. I like to uh, do roast beef, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, use that as a metaphor. So when you cook, a, you know, roast beef, you have to have good skills mm -hmm. in order for you to, you know, come up with a... You know, decent nice roast beef, right? right? But at the same time, before that, you have to know the butcher, right? You need to know where to get good meat, mm. right? You need to so that's that's the material that that's preparing. You need okay. good material, good so, material, right? But so when we engage a student at the end, we do you know these are our chef skills, right? Uh -huh. We have to be able to. Um, you know, find their stories. We have to be their mentor. We need mm -hmm. to talk to them. We need to dig out, you know, aspects of these students that, you know, they might not even know themselves, mm -hmm. right? And that's through a lot of uh, asking questions. That's um, through a lot of relating to them, you know, uh, showing empathy so that they feel comfortable telling us, you know, stories that mm. we think are actually interesting, mm. right? So I think a, a lot of the last... Uh, three to six months yeah. of consulting work. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Last three to six months. Last yep. three to, to six months. So Before. so you have to allow them to realize their value, right? As, yeah. as it, the value of their story. Yeah. Have you ever encountered students who you told them, hey, you know, this story is great. And they're like, no, it's not. 
Well, they're kind of, you know, they, they, because they're looking at it maybe from another angle or yeah. their parents' angle. Yeah, all the time, actually. So yeah. mm. um, last year, Sabina had a student who, um, you know, has excelled in music uh-huh. the, her entire life. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, we told them, look, you know, music might not be an interesting story to tell. Um, and so, you know, oh, tell us wow, more stories. Got no story to tell about music. <laughs> hey, what, what, so, what do you have left? So uh. this person actually told us a story about, well, she told us a couple of things. One is she envies the students who are in the rock bands because she's in the symphony. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So because, she, you know, she thinks that, you know, in the, in the rock band, when, when you perform, you know, all the, the cheers and mm-hmm. everything, you know, mm-hmm. it's just loud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you can't get that yeah. in classical right. music. You don't, right? Um, but... At the same time, so she, she thought, you know, I really like uh, applause. Applause, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. right? Um, but then, so Sabina kept asking her, right? But she, she's like, but I remember you telling me one story about how when you were in, I think, junior high school, um, there was this instance where um, there's a basketball court that's not open for girls. Mm-hmm. And and you, you thought about it for a week and you decided to go to the principal office and and reason with him, mm-hmm. right? And at the end, you know, this basketball court is open to everyone. Mm. Um, you know, your classmates talked about it, you know, they're cheering about it, but, you know, nobody knew that you did it. Mm. How did that make you feel, mm. right? Because there's no uh, applause. Right, there's no applause, right? Right. So, um, so from there, you know, that story continues to develop. And, you know, ultimately the essay is about how she views, you know, encouragement and zhangsheng, um, you know, throughout her life and how that uh, influenced her uh, thought process in music. Mm. Um, so again, it's it's really an essay to show kind of her self-awareness, how she learns from a particular um, insight about herself. You, and you, how long was this process? Yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, you mean the essay process, what, the brainstorming yeah, that, process? Yeah, that process that you just talked about so it, it, for her. So it took like, you know, versions of, mm. of the uh, of, of essays right yeah. so that, that's probably you know five eight versions of essays you know to come up with this yeah, yeah. do you find that uh, in because of uh, our asian heritage yeah. kids tend to be because they want to be more modest so sometimes they don't think anything like oh you know because but actually you have to keep digging do you, do you find that it's something that that you know well, with your i think family? it happens to everyone right even uh, for us who, you know, grew up kind of in, in the United States, you know, a lot of times there's still blind spots to mm-hmm. kind of yeah. what our strengths are. Right. Right. So a lot of, I actually really like the college application process in the United yeah, States, right? Because exactly. it forces you to be a little bit more self-aware through mm-hmm. the process. Mm. So, you know, I think that's also kind of why the three of us really enjoy, uh, you know, mentoring the students mm-hmm. because it helps them, you know, develop and grow you know, throughout this process, not just about the result. Yeah. It, it's that's what it sounds like to me when you're doing when you're sharing that process, Eric. It sounds like what you guys are coaching is coaching the students to become more introspective. Yeah. 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 And to realize, to reflect on their life. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of self awareness, I think, is um, maybe it doesn't maybe it's, it's sort of beneath the surface yeah right and it really takes a lot to get that bring that out yeah. but that is ultimately a large part of what makes a superior application would yeah. you agree that that is that introspection uh, absolutely you know mm. especially the part that you can actually control there are parts of mm. applications where you can't do anything about 
Mm-hmm. Let's say your grades, your yeah. test right. scores, your right. accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Right. And but there's parts that you can do something about, and that's the part to focus on. And it's exactly what you're saying, Sean. The introspection, because this is something that we have a hard time, especially for myself, communicating with Taiwanese parents and students yes. because mm-hmm. they feel like for the essays, there's two ways to do it. One is to regurgitate your accomplishments, right. yes. which they don't think makes sense because you're just copying and pasting yes. from the resume. Mm. Yes. But on the other hand, if they're not going to do that, then they're going to come up with some sort of highfalutin angles to talk about that have nothing to do with the student's real life. Like mm-hmm. it's basically just a creative writing bullshit piece. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and somehow they don't see that there's actually something in the middle where you're not just regurgitating accomplishments and experiences off the resume. Right. And you're not you're, just writing Hallmark cards. Either. Exactly. Yeah. You're, just, you're not doing a very superficial treatment, right. but mm-hmm. you're actually digging into one or two accomplishments and thinking much deeper about yeah. them to figure out what are the insights and the lessons and the growth opportunities yeah. Yeah. I actually got yeah. out of this. And that's what really turns adults on, yeah. adult readers. When mm. you see a kid that's that thoughtful. Yeah, I think because a lot of people feel that uh, from Asian like uh, background kids, they have like, kind of a cookie cutter kind of um, mm-hmm. applications. Yeah. They all play either the piano or violin, nothing else, piano, violin. And then they, they're like an MUN or debate. Yeah. Or they, they're in some sort of like team. They're always the officer or whatever. And you come out, it's like you can't, if you don't write, put out a name, you can't tell one application to the right. other applications, right? right? Exactly. Right. Like when you're talking about just factually what they've done to kids who did Model UN yeah. throughout their entire high school career, yes. there is nothing that's, that differentiates them. But the two kids could do the same thing, but have completely different reflections. Uh-huh. That's Therein lies the difference. It yeah. really sounds to me that um, what you're talking about, because Kevin, you said you could do something. This is a part of your application that you really can do something about mm-hmm. versus you know yeah. stuff like you can't do anything about. But I think it would appear to most parents that, well, the thing that you can do something about is getting a higher <laughs> SAT score. That's what you could do something about. But you not could work anymore. harder in school. But yes. not anymore. There's no yeah. more SATs. That's yeah. right. Let's talk about this. Right, so so SAT requirements <laughs> is now optional. Yes, yes, that really throws a lot of people off. What are you guys? Yeah, thoughts when about do you that? submit and when do you not submit? Because for uh, my case, my kid get a really high score in math, but not like above average in verbal. So his consultant said not to submit, which I go, that's ridiculous, you know. But he didn't, he didn't, he didn't submit. Mm. What yeah, do you guys so, think? So for this year, I think the. Str- the common strategy will be to submit the scores to schools that uh, where your your scores are above average, mm-hmm. and then to not submit the scores to uh, to schools that are below average. Mm. Right. How so do you, you know the average? Is it posted? Yeah, it's, 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 it's public. public. It's, it's public. Yeah. Okay. You don't know what Harvard's average is. Harvard well, doesn't take. It's not the uh, sixteen hundred. I mean, it's pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. What is this summer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is this summer? Do you know? I know. Oh. <laughs> it's it's usually like fifteen fifty. Yeah, I think about sixteen hundred. I think twenty five percent of the uh, the seventy fifth percentile is sixteen hundred. Oh, <laughs> Whoa. yeah, at a school like Harvard. Yeah. So basically, you should not submit your SAT exactly for somewhere like Harvard. So uh, okay, but the SAT is a time like commitment. Right. Yeah. You want to study yeah. for yeah. it and everything. I want to make sure that you're good. Uh, so what's you guys' advice? Still prepare for it? Do it? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, are we allowed to be completely politically incorrect on um, the show? 
I don't know. Will, will we be sued? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm gonna, curious about that. I'm going to go ahead anyway. Because you're talking about Asian applicants. Nor, generally speaking, when we're talking about this podcast, we're talking about students from Taiwan. Right. Yeah. If you're an Asian applicant, you're expected to hit higher thresholds than other demographic groups mm -hmm. besides maybe Indians. Mm. That's it. That is just the sheer discriminatory reality because mm. you know harvard is going through a lawsuit right now right um and even the way they defend themselves to alum you and i both got the alum letter mm -hmm. their defense is not that they don't treat asians differently their defense is that the supreme court is allowing them to treat asians differently so even harvard is openly admitting to its own alum that the asians are held to a higher standard and part of that higher standard is the expectation i wouldn't say even part the main part of that higher standard is to be able to score higher on the standardized test scores. So right. if all your Asian peers yeah. are taking up this option to score 1580 on the SAT applying to Harvard, mm. and you're saying, no, no, uh, there's not a requirement, so I'm not going to take it. Right. Is there a rule that says that Harvard cannot you know, make the 1580 person better than the one that doesn't take it? There's absolutely no rule mm. that says Harvard needs to treat those two equally. Wow. So by not taking it, you're basically missing an opportunity right. to shine while a competitor, a competing applicant, is taking up that opportunity to score higher. You so, know, you know, hear, hearing you say this, I, I think it's a miracle that I got into Harvard. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember mm -hmm. going to, you know, in my, in my homeroom at, at high school, and the guy that sits across from me, who also applied to Harvard, yep. one day I saw him with a little notepad, and he had a list. And on the list were the names of all the people that he knew were applying to Harvard that year. <laughs> and next to each name, he had like a little number, right? Oh and and I, so I asked God. him, I said, well, what is, you know, because I saw my name on there. <laughs> And, um, and I was like, well, Are you sure hey, it's not a voodoo, voodoo doll? <laughs> <laughs> he might have it, you know, at home. And, and, and I asked him, well, yeah, so, so what does that mean? And he just looks at me, like straight up, and he goes, Sean, man, to be honest, I don't think you got the numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, the true numbers. story. True story. Oh. So, you know. What's the number besides SAT scores? Your grade, your grade point average. Yeah, and everything. Then, and then your SAT yeah. score. And what else? What kind of number? Well, the numbers that, well, all, all, all the things that can be measured. Like, right? like the number of APs, right? The number right. of, right? Like oh, all, yeah, all, yeah, these, yeah, yeah. all these different There's numbers. achievement test. Right, no. all oh of that. Oh my gosh, so what you got in? Did you go, ha, ha, ha? No, no. Yeah, I, I was pretty much, I, and I got it early, right? Whereas, yeah. whereas he didn't. So I was very much, it was just like flex, you know, it's like allow me to shine, you know. I don't have the number, but I got the acceptance, okay? That's, that's how Sean got beat up in That's why Sean no, has no I, friends. I, I could have kicked that guy's Can ass. Can you show us that dance? I want to see that dance again. Yes. The victory dance. Yes, yeah, yeah, I told you so dance. Around, right? No, but, but now in looking back, I actually think um, one Maybe a big part, right? Because I never saw my file. But I remember going for my interview at the Harvard Club in New York. And for some reason, I think the, the student before me, like, no showed or something like that, right? And then so they're like, oh, would you like to do it a little bit earlier? And, and I said, oh, okay, sure. And I went in and I had two interviewers. And I was expecting one, right? Yeah, so, so yeah. And um, did you have two? You had, you had one, yeah. So I had, I had two. And so I sat there and just talked with them because in the beginning, they weren't expecting me that early either. 
So the interview was actually really kind of off the cuff. Like, well, since you're here earlier, I don't know, you just talk, blah, blah, blah. But then in the process of that talking, they, I started, you know, I let loose and I told them how I, like, I really like listening to hip hop. You know, back then, this is in the early 90s, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and they were like, oh, it's really interesting. But you says, you know, you, you went to Juilliard. I said, yeah, it, you know, the two things, you know, they're, they're totally the same. Mm -hmm. And they started talking about music and mm -hmm. all that mm -hmm. and really went into it. And before you know it, we were like an hour into our interview. Mm -hmm. I, In retrospect, I think that might have helped. Sure. The fact that yeah. I was really being myself. And I, I mean, I don't know how much it weighs like these alumni interviews. Do you always yeah. go to the interviews? Is that one thing that you suggest yeah. your... Yeah. Oh, it, they don't weigh that much? I think so, like... Oh, well, the, well there, there goes my fantasy. Like average, it won't hurt you that badly, but yeah. it's like really stand out with like your personality, they'll give Yes, well, that's one. This is from our Harvard intern Summer. Yeah, well, this is from our assistant producer Summer. You know, who's off on the side. You know, who got into Harvard early, early also. Yeah. So this part about you know really letting your personality shine, and I know that Harvard does put points in their in each student's docket about their personalities. Right. Yeah. That is one of the one of the quantifiers right there. I mean, if you're talking about maybe let's generalize the issue, you know, given what you did for your interview, so you knew you kind of hit it out of the ballpark because you hit it off well with the interviewer, even if even though it was off the cuff. What I what we tell students a lot is that when you're trying to get into a top school, is the presence of positives that count, not the absence of negatives. Mm. And this oh, goes back to wow. what you're well, saying. Can you repeat that? It's the presence, it's the presence of, of positives, positives, not the absence of negatives. So presence of positive, like for example, what? For example, a kick-ass SAT score. You know, for example, a master of one, the archaeology person who goes to Egypt. You know, mm. one of our other students who went to Princeton from TAS writing her own Harry Potter book as a summer project. You know, things that really stand out. Whereas the absence wow. of negatives, this actually writing her own Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter, Potter book. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I she didn't like. That's what she. That's what, like a what fan did. What's that? Yeah. yeah, she didn't like the way Harry Potter ended. She uh, thought, given you know Hermione's uh, okay. and Harry and a bunch of other stuff that led up to the second, the last book, she had her own ideas in terms of how it should end. And keep in wow. mind, she didn't get published or anything. This was just. Yeah. a project she felt like doing for the summer. And right. she's now at Columbia for Creative Writing Master's Program. So oh. very, you know, very much on track to to be a great writer like yourself, hopefully. Yeah. Wow. Well, but, I, um, I certainly didn't write any fan fiction or Harry Potter. <laughs> or but, no, it, sounds, it really sounds like she had to be really into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that into it-ness has to come across in the application as yeah. well. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, a, a lot of parents ask us about uh, strategy, right? Mm -hmm. Should I do A or B? Mm -hmm. You know, which one is the right answer, mm -hmm. right? We always give the same answer, which is, what do you like to do, mm -hmm. right? Because th that's, actually a, that's actually the best strategy. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, when you're doing something that you absolutely love, mm -hmm. right, that's when you go 120% at this particular um, subject or mm. this particular activity and that's when you start to learn and you know think think about like you know what that means to you yeah. right and that mm. and that kind of translates to you know the conversations that you might have you know about hip-hop right? right so but, that's uh, but, very but I think it's very important that our kids because right now if you look at every kids um, on their schedule it's all full they're full of tutors and just like classes and everything they don't really have time to sit down and think about 
what do they like? You know, like for instance, your kids are learning piano. Do you really like it? No, my my mm. parents made me, yeah. or you know, you're, you know. Right, so there's right, no. I mean, there's right. like I see every kids are like really overworked because you know we talked about the yeah. Eastern parenting and Western parenting, right? Yeah. That that episode. Everybody has like a full schedule. Right. There's no time for kids to go down and go. Hey, what do I like? What do I want to do? Everybody is like overworked. They're studying. They're trying to get A's. They're trying to get in AP classes. It's that familiar story of being so busy in life that you don't have、uh, the time to face yourself. Yes. All right. And so, so your question is, no, what should then, we should we give them the time? Yes.、Yeah, no. That, no. As then, a parent, then, then when would they know when to you know? Do you give them time to think about what they like? Because at the end, the kids don't even know what they what they what they yeah, like. Yeah. 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 So when we when we are when we talk to the parents, right?、Mm-hmm. A lot of times we、uh, do tell them that th- look, this is our strategy.、Mm-hmm. Right? Give them some time to figure out what they like.、Mm-hmm. Right? And some parents get it, some parents don't. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. There you、right? go. Yeah. yeah. Some、so、parents get it, some parents don't. That's a、yeah. weird issue for me, both as a consultant and also maybe even more importantly as a parent. Yes. Because thinking about. The trend these days, with Charlotte, what you're saying about、yeah. kids not only being overwhelmed academically, which is in a sense understandable if you're、mm-hmm. at a competitive school,、mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but signing up for a zillion activities to do、yes. so that their weekend is full, entirely taken up by organized activities. Yes. The reason that's baffling to me, as both a parent and a, an educator, is that practically that doesn't help you get into colleges. Because again, going back to the jack of you know jack of all、oh, trades, trade. master,、right. master、yes. of none thing, by signing up, you know, with kind of caving into this, keeping up with the Joneses type of、yes. situation,、mm-hmm. especially here in Taiwan.、Yes. So you know, you're signing up a million to a million activities, but doing that is not going to help、yes. you because you're not a standout in any one of those、yes. things. Like going、right. to Boy Scouts, and you have to be an MUN, and you have to、yeah. do a sport, or you have to like be a leader. You have to. Start a club, you know, and then you're just like all over the place. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So it does sound like what you guys do as Rocket Admit is to is a large part also trying to counsel parents <laughs> and setting expectations <laughs> on the parents. Holding their hands. That's where this dude comes in. Oh, oh really? Because、no、I got no patience. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that on air. I have no patience for parents. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, Eric、right. does sound like you're, you're more the Yoda type of character. So you know, I, Yoda. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 we, we do try to talk to the parents, but you know, as little as possible. Right, so we we actually tell in our marketing process,、right. we're actually very honest with our with with the parents,、uh-huh. saying that look, you know, we hope、yeah. that your kid actually owns the process, right? Yes. So ha- let them the own the process. process, right?、It's、Yoda talking. Yeah. <laughs> Let them own it. <laughs> Wait, did I get? <laughs> no, that happens once. It came from deep inside, man. Sorry, it's not repeatable. But really, it's but it's so anxiety-inducing for a parent, especially if they're the authoritarian type. Yes. Say, yeah. But to let go and let my kid own the process? No, I own them. Right. So, but so, let go, you must. <laughs> oh my God. So says the force. Oh my. <laughs> I think we can do the whole episode like that in a Star Wars、yes. voice. I think parents can understand more relatable. Yes, yes. <laughs> At least the original episodes, yes. So I think that's why we、um, try to be honest, right?、Um, in, in our in our 
initial meeting with a, with the parents and, mm-hmm. and the students, right? Mm-hmm. This is the type of consultant we are. Mm-hmm. This is how we do it. Right. And you know, for some um, parents, that might you know our service might not be for them, mm-hmm. just because we don't deliver the type of service they want. Right? If if they want that kind of very by the books, check it down the list. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, mm. why aren't you, you know, breathing down, you know, my kid's neck? Yeah, uh-huh. why aren't you raising his test scores uh-huh. or getting his metrics up? Exactly. Yeah, hitting his KPIs. And and we can imagine children who grow up like that, you know, getting into then, you know, their jobs and hitting yeah. their KPIs That's and right. all that. Yeah. But then, yeah. you know, being so busy that they never really do face yeah. themselves. But then do they do that even when they get into the school their parents want? You know, do they still go, you know, go, hey, what's your score at Princeton? What's your... You know, are you getting the A's? You know, you know that's actually very interesting because we do see cases. I mean, very few but unfortunate cases where uh, students who get into these top schools from, um, you know, like an authoritarian Parents. family mm-hmm. kind of lost their directions, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like they, they kind of couldn't figure out, okay, well, now nobody's driving me mm-hmm. forward. And, yeah. you yeah. know, I don't have, you know, a gazillion activities on the weekends. What do I do? What do I do? I, yeah. How do I fill up my time? Who yeah. am yeah. I, right? There's a, there's a classmate of mine at, at Harvard who uh, basically dropped out after the first year. What took, ended up taking a hiatus, like a forced hiatus, precisely for that reason. Yeah. I mean, you know, she was from an extremely authoritarian family, from what we know. And when, when she got to college, she had no direction. She froze, like literally, and fell into a depression because there was no one to be there every day. Just be like, do yeah. this, do that. And you know the wealth of choices actually overwhelmed her. Yeah, yeah. 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 You wouldn't want your kid to be like don't that. Don't do that, parents. No. Don't do right. that. Yeah. Seriously, you I can't. Think- you can't be there for them for the rest of your life. I mean, you gotta let go somewhere, somewhere or the other. You have to let go. Got Says go. the parent. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Charlotte, I'm, 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 I, I feel like you're gonna go home and be like, Kyle, I'm gonna give you all the time you want. Just no, go. I'm moving to the U.S. Your... I'm moving to the United States. I'm moving next to my kids' school. I'm getting an apartment. <laughs> oh, no. I want to make sure you don't make any mistakes. Do you hear the helicopters? I'm gonna enroll myself in that same school. Uh, <laughs> bring, bring your eraser. <laughs> right. Well, you know, this has been a very informative mm-hmm, talk, mm-hmm. and also I think for parents who can. Really Really hear between the lines here. There's 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 a lot there's a lesson to be learned. Yes. Really, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of our listeners, they may not necessarily be in Taiwan, but they but they carry the culture with them. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so let this be a reminder. Um, and I'm reminded of a something on the on the college admissions website for Harvard, which I found really really interesting back when I when I read it. And it says something like, "We're looking for people who can be teachers of." Their classmates and also of the teachers, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I'm yeah. paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. but it's, it just seems like odd oh, to me. Like, wow, you're looking for a student who can be a teacher, even to the teachers mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that takes a special kind of person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That yeah. takes somebody who really knows how special they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, with that, Kevin and Eric, do you have any last thoughts and uh, advice for us? I don't know. I think I always, I would always revert to my role as a parent Mm -hmm. more than anything else. Mm -hmm. Now that, no, I have become a parent of two uh, because that is a very different perspective from being a consultant and trying to get a practical result for a kid. And I think the difference is ultimately 
even while we're working as consultants, we want the kids to really enjoy high school, to mm -hmm. make sure they're not compromising that process Charlotte just because of double thumbs up, right? Yes. Now. You know, because yes. of college admissions, because at the end, and this is actually why often, uh, while there's sometimes a clash between us and the school counselors, yes, uh, we actually fully respect what they do because you know school counselors, if they're doing their job, mm -hmm. they're trying to get the kids while to put in an earnest effort to get into the best possible school, but not be so obsessive in that process that they're not enjoying you know the learning process and making friends, going out to do crazy stuff with kids. And right. that's a really integral part of growing up. Mm -hmm. And I think even more so than the college application one-time process. Yes. Mm -hmm. So being able to balance those two things and mm -hmm. not let it overwhelming, despite these overwhelming things we're talking about, mm -hmm. I think it's something that everyone should be keeping in mind, regardless yes. of whether you're a parent, a kid, or mm -hmm. an educator, or what mm -hmm. have you. Is a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't put it in better words, but, you know, and I think, again, you know, the high school life is really to help you learn how to find balance, help you find interest and passion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think if if you give the kids some room, you know, they will figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and ultimately, I think that's the best strategy yes. for application process. Right, yes. right. Yes. I want to make one point before I leave. So in this whole episode, I, there's only one school to keep coming up, which is Harvard. But there are other schools too. I just want to make that point. So there are many. No, we so, talked about UCLA, right? No, not kidding. <laughs> you, for a very like, on, if you school, count the, the seconds, like five <laughs> come seconds. Come on, I gave you props right at the beginning. <laughs> we so also mentioned Rocket that school with a Y. Yeah, that Y school. Yeah. Rocket admit is going to help us. Yellowstone top University. 30, 30 universities. So, so there are more other schools too, okay? It's not just Harvard, everybody. <laughs> well, the point is that your child be happy in whatever the environment they're in. They're happy because they're allowed the room to grow. Yes. Where can people find you guys? Uh, you can find us on uh, rocketemit.com. All right. Yep. Okay. Easy enough. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Thank you very much, thank Eric. And thank also you. thanks to Sabina Hi. and, and Summer. Summer. Yeah. And this has been an episode of Between Here and There. Until next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.